Hey everybody, welcome to the Game Changer Lacrosse Podcast. I'm your host, Joe Uvoli. The Game Changer Lacrosse Podcast is about talking to people who have dedicated their life to the game of lacrosse and learning about who they are, how they got to where they are today, and what they do to improve themselves and their teams. Be sure to follow us on Twitter at GC Sports. And if you're a coach or a parent, check out Game Changer Team Manager in the App Store. You can ditch the emails and spreadsheets. The free Game Changer Team Manager app streamlines communication, scheduling, and live scoring into one easy-to-use app. Game Changer Team Manager is 100% free for your entire team. Learn more at gc.com forward slash team manager or search for Game Changer Team Manager in the App Store. Today in the show, we have Scott Rogers. Scott is an alumni of Notre Dame. He was the most outstanding player of the 2010 championship. He was a two-time All-American and the 2009 Great Western Lacrosse Player of the Year. He led the nation in goals against in 2009 and was third in 2010. He was selected 10th overall by the Toronto Nationals in the 2010 MLL Draft. He now plays for the Ohio Machine. He was the MVP for the 2016 MLL All-Star Game and won an MLL Championship in 2017. Scott and I got a chance to talk about a lot of things like developing routines, the one thing he recommends to all goalies, developing discipline, avoiding negativity, setting standards, and even the movie Rudy. Here's my interview with Scott Rogers. Scott, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me, man. Yeah, I'm, I'm really excited to have you on, but let's get started like I always do. How'd you get started playing lacrosse? I was at Pee Wee Football uh, for the Levittown Red Devils, which is our, our youth uh, football team back from Long Island, Nassau County. Right. Um, and one, one of the coaches came up to me from the Levittown Tomahawks, and I was like this little pudgy kid lineman. And uh, I think I didn't make weight, actually, that game. And the guy was like, uh, you know, he'd be a great goalie to my dad. <laughs> I was like, you know, like a little chubby kid. And uh, my dad was like, you know what? Yeah, why not? So I think I went out to practice. I think um, they were having some fall tryouts. And I went out to practice, and I actually I was, I was actually fine. It kind of just kind of just went naturally from there. Hmm. So uh, right away, your first first day, you were playing goalie for lacrosse. Yeah, yeah, I was playing goalie, and I was in between the pipes. I remember the first day, I thought um, it was kind of like that that mighty duck scene where they kind of like tie uh, Goldberg into the net. <laughs> right. Uh, I was like petrified, uh, so scared, and my dad was just like this kind of blue collar, tough uh, marine. And he was a correction officer at Rikers Island, so he's like no nonsense kind of guy. And he was right. like, "All right, well, you're not going to be scared of this ball." So we—that's something we would drill at home, him and I. And he would kind of make me kind of just not think about it too much. <laughs> that's, that's that's awesome. So, uh, so at what point did you start thinking about lacrosse was going to be something that you were going to play at the next level? I think it was more like you know when I started playing the travel team circuit, I, it wasn't as intense as it is now. Uh, you know, I think if I, you know, it's insane now, but right. we had the long Island, long Island Metro team, which mm -hmm. uh, Joe Baccarella ran back in uh, long Island. And, and, and I played U 13 and, mm -hmm. and I remember making a, 
the goalie for that, for that like kind of elite team. Mm-hmm. And that was kind of when I think my dad was like, even like, well, you, you know, you're pretty good at this. Hmm. And, uh, and I kind of had like a little bit of a charisma thing going already for my mother's. That's like my mom's side. She's like the outspoken one. So the communicating part and right. kind of just getting to know, like getting to know people. I think that was a really easy adjustment for me as a goalie because mm-hmm. I was already loud. I was already a loud, obnoxious kid. <laughs> right, so right. it kind of just like kind of just flowed into into me going to that practice and I'm talking and top left, top right, and then you know people right. just noticed that early and I kind of just got into it from there. Right. So, uh, so what other sports did you play when you were growing up? Uh, football actually uh, was the Pee Wee Pee Wee Little League. Uh, home run record still have it to this day I had like 15 dingers <laughs> in Levittown North um, nice. so I thought yeah I thought I was gonna play baseball for a while I was so jacked on baseball for like probably four years of my life and uh, I was playing first base and just hitting freaking home runs dead center um, <laughs> and then I played basketball later in my towards, towards high school I played three sports I was a three-sport athlete gotcha you said you played first place First base in baseball? I played, yeah, I played first base. Yeah, all the way up until probably, honestly, when you had to make the choice to play, like, uh, through eighth grade. So when you had to make the choice in high school to either play lacrosse or baseball, that's where I, I actually – it was actually a deal. It was actually a real choice for my family and I. Gotcha, gotcha. I would uh, – yeah. I'd imagine you being an annoying first baseman. You're chatting up uh, chatting up the base runners as they were as they were. Oh, by. man. I was, yeah, I was brutal. I was brutal, <laughs> for sure. Um, so <laughs> – so, so how do you think uh, – do you think those the, – the other sports that you played, do you think they contributed to your lacrosse game at all? Yeah, I mean, like I said, football, the football part is the – like, I was a football guy my whole life. Um, and I was uh, a 1AA football recruit for deep defensive end. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, that that competitive side, you know, like I said, I, I, to this day I said I would be a football player right now. I'd be a richer man. If, if, if there wasn't two, if there wasn't two a day practices in the summer. And that was something that always uh, turned me off with that, that part, but the mental edge that football gave me and the mental toughness with the pads and the, the sprints, all that stuff, man, that stuff's right. like mentally, it's, a, you know, you did it. it. It's a mental, it's a mental taxing, man. And if you could get through that lacrosse is kind of comes a little easier. <laughs> it's a little easier. Right. Yeah, that's for sure. Uh, <laughs> So okay, so so once you once you start focusing on lacrosse, once this because once this becomes something that you think you might be able to play at the next level, sort of what are the things that you're doing as a goalie uh, to get better? So weightlifting was something I, I kind of was grew up with. From like I said, my father was a marine, and mm-hmm. we had a gym. Like literally, our living room was like a full full size gym, Olympic bench, Olympic squat rack, and and. You know, we had like a like a, a full on T bar row machine in there. He would take bits and pieces of equipment from um, Rikers Island, which was like the prison. So oh, we had like a full scale gym. So I was around that. So right away, kind of that training and that like weight training, and that I was going four or five days a week with my buddy at the time. Um, you probably know him, Nick Tintel, yeah. and he was uh, yeah. Nicky was a year older than me, so me and him were like the guys at MacArthur, and we would just train. We were best friends. And we would train every morning at 5.30 a.m. Um, at the high school. Yeah, so we got into it really quick. Right. Gotcha, gotcha. And what about, um, what about? I mean, it, it, is there, for a goalie, like what's the equivalent of uh, of going to the wall for an attack man? Or, or you know, what did, you, what did you do to sort of build up your skills as a goalie? 
Yeah, so the best thing, I, I honestly, to this day, and I tell all my goalies at <clears throat> my goalie camps and stuff, like, my dad made me literally every night before dinner. Uh, I'd have to jump rope for 10 minutes a night on the driveway. Hmm. And, like, we lived, we lived in this, like, suburb. You know how it is in Long Island. Like, everyone's close to you. Yeah. And I would be on the driveway just banging out 10 minutes every night. <clears throat> and my mom would holler, dinner time. And it was like so cliche, but it would like, it worked out well because I would do it every night and then she would yell dinner and then I come in and I kind of built a routine. I built a routine from that. So, I mean, if you, I tell my goalies, like, if there's one thing you could do, it's like, you could jump rope 10 minutes a night, like you're going to get better significantly and lighter on your feet. Hmm. So I think that's something that, that, that was easy for me. Yeah. What, what do you think? Uh, I mean, what's, what do you think jumping rope can, uh, how does jumping rope contribute uh, to being a good goalie, you know, is, is it just about setting that routine or uh, you mentioned it keeps you light on your feet? What, what is it about it that's so beneficial? Yeah. So for me, there's like a three part, part checklist that now that I'm older, I've kind of realized like you kind of need this as a goalie mm-hmm. and being successful at this position, you need to have, you need to have a routine, whether it be your pregame warm up or your practice routine, because like goalies are forgotten probably 80% of practice by the coaches and everyone else. Right. And, you need to have like when you go on goalie islands you need to have a set routine and, and i had that through my upbringing in a military family and with that little work ethic piece hmm. so the jumping rope that 10 minutes a night um that added to my routine but also like the wrist like the wrist speed and the hand speed mm-hmm. like the quicker my wrists worked i realized i didn't have to jump high if my if my wrist flipped through quick enough so my hands were getting quicker and obviously being light on my feet i was always a big kid and i was always um, you know, kind of like I played at like 220 in in high school, and now I'm about 280, and I still jump rope. You know, like right. I mean, it's the best thing you could do. I mean, we tell goalies, imagine a credit card underneath your heel. That's how light on your feet you want to be. Well, jumping rope is, is about that. So I mean, that it just contributes to those three teaching points. Right, right. Gotcha, gotcha. Um, you know, so uh, one thing I want to ask about, which uh, I don't know. I mean, this might be a hard question to ask, but our answer, but uh, you said you and Nick, you're waking up at five 30 in the morning to go to the gym while you were in high school. I mean, that's real rare that you're going to be able to find high school kids that are waking up at five 30 in the morning to go to the gym. I, I mean, I definitely wasn't doing that in high school. How did, how did yeah. you develop that discipline so early? I think, honestly, I think it was more of a sense of, I got it done with in the, in the morning and it was going with my teammate and he was going to North Carolina mm-hmm. and he was always like the elite, the elite guy that was older than me. Right. So he kind of brought me up and I always wanted to beat him in everything we did. Hmm. Um, so like I always, when we went to the gym, we'd always compete, like pull up, we'd always be stronger and whatnot. And that like 5:30 AM was a time where me and him was like, we'd both be at even playing field. We both have to wake up and like, we, we I honestly would just get after it like from a clean slate you know there's no excuses when you wake up that early right and I do right. that now with my when I, I do that now with my, my Calvert Hall uh, kids I coach mm-hmm. they go Wednesdays and Friday mornings at 6 15 in the morning and when you walk through that door I'm trying to make it like it is as as uncomfortable as possible and I think if you could mm-hmm. do that and build a routine that early when you go to college you know how it is in college like last whether it be 6 a.m. or 4 p.m., you got to get it in either way. So just getting in that routine, it makes it a lot easier to adjust to the next level. Right, right. Yeah, that, that's a that's such an important point that I think, uh, you know, a, a lot of kids don't realize is the sooner you can develop a routine, 
Um, you know, even as a, uh, even as a kid in high school, the sooner you can develop a routine, the better off you're going to be by the time you get to college. Cause when you get to college, you're a lacrosse player. It's taking up about, you know, 75% of your day. And then school oh, is, you know, the, the remainder, right. You know? Um, yeah, man. It's, it's crazy. It's crazy in the sense that, like I said, I coached Calvert Hall and they call it, they even call it Calvert Hall college. You know, we won two MIA championships and I've been blessed to be a part of that in my training strength conditioning role. But um, obviously the talent's there for these kids and all these kids are looking at big schools. But like when I try to explain to them the demands of what's at the next level, they all, right. they all look at me that first day, like no way. Right. And I'm like, well, yeah, no, it's a full-time job and you're an investment for the school and yeah. your coach is your boss. Right. Absolutely. So, Absolutely. Yeah. That's it. <laughs> And the, the yeah. kids, the kids who notice that, uh, you know, the faster you notice that, the better off the kids are going to be. Um, right. But, uh, but okay, so so let's move on, uh, you know, to your time at college. Um, what made you decide on Notre Dame? Honestly, I, you know, I remember I had a shoebox full of letters, like we all did. I played on the Empire team and whatnot, and, right. and that was good. Um, I had a ton of looks. You know, it was it was Hopkins, Maryland, Syracuse, and for me, um, Notre Dame was kind of like the fourth and the dark horse always. Mm-hmm. And um, I think honestly, one day I, I honestly watched the movie. It sounds like so weird, but I watched the movie Rudy with my dad. <laughs> and I've never seen it. I've never seen it before. Like I never saw huh. the movie. Yeah. I was like, that was freaking awesome. And I remember that was like my favorite movie. And wait, this <laughs> it is, didn't even matter. So what, what year was this? Is 2009, 2008? Probably. I haven't seen a movie till then. It was like 2000. It was literally like 2008 ish. <laughs> 2008. I you hadn't seen the movie Rudy. That's incredible. I haven't seen it. <laughs> we never watched it. Never even looked at it. I was like flipping through the channels with my old man. <clears throat> we used to watch TV at night mm-hmm. and we saw it. And I was like, this is freaking awesome. And <laughs> I remember just being like, you know, they're not that good at lacrosse dad. at the time. They were like top 25s. Right. And they were in the Great Western League, and I was like, they're not really that, you know. I mean, I could, you know, I I was still one of the better goalies in the in the country. I was like, I could go play at freaking Hopkins and mm-hmm. and do that. But you know what? It was like something, man. That movie jolted something in my head, and I was like, Dad, if I get an opportunity to go there, like I don't care. And like, like mm-hmm. if you guys know my career, my story, it's like I probably most kids probably wouldn't have went there if you were me at the time. But I still chose that that spot for myself. Right. So, so did you feel like it was a fit right away once you got down there? You know, it's weird because I got down there and I was this New Yorker. I was wearing my, uh, I was wearing my Air Force ones, my white ones, mm-hmm. and I was wearing uh, my jean shorts and my basketball jersey, and I looked, stuck out like a sore thumb. <laughs> Everyone, everyone, everyone on campus thought I was literally a football player. Like right. when I went to my orientation and whatnot, they're like, "You yeah. play football." So I'm, I'm, I'm introducing myself to the lacrosse guys. And, we're nothing alike. You know, right. a lot of these guys went to private, private school and Georgetown prep. And, right. um, and, and I remember just being like, this is going to be rough, you know? And, <laughs> but like the more I was there and like the atmosphere of the school is exactly what, exactly what I dreamed of athletically and mm-hmm. big time football school with big time facilities. Um, and that, that's that I, I, it was everything I imagined in that sense for sure right right so so you had uh I mean you know you mentioned you were sort of like a fish out of water did did you have any problems uh you know sort of transitioning maybe those first couple months 
Yeah, so I think academically, right? Obviously, public school. My my, my head lacrosse coach in, in high school, MacArthur High School public school, uh, Chris Bergeson. He was my math teacher and my social studies teacher. I mean, mm-hmm. it was pretty, you know, like I I was pretty good at lacrosse, and I don't think I failed class, you know. <laughs> right. Um, so so I mean, I went to Notre Dame, and I was probably ninety student on paper, mm-hmm. and I don't I had to work a lot harder probably than I ever have in my life. Um, academically just to stay afloat. And then once I figured out the routine, like I said, that routine word in my life has been, has been huge because once I find it, I'm good. But if I don't have a routine, I really, I really can't be productive. So once I found that academic routine, which was visiting my tutor uh, three times a week and, and getting that schedule down, I was, I was, I was fine. Right, right. And so if you can talk a little bit, what, what was that routine, you know, and not just with school, but also, uh, you know, with improving your game, sort of what did you do while you were at school to continue to get better? Yeah. So for me, it was like really mentally frustrating because I was, I was backing up for three years and mm-hmm. I was like a really high, high caliber recruit. Like most of us are. And um, so I had to, you know, eat some humble pie, but I also wanted to get, better, you know, get better. So I would hit the weight room every day. Cause that was like my therapy for myself to keep myself from being like a cancer. I never wanted to show my negativity to like my teammates. Cause I was actually, there were some days where I was in like a terrible, terrible mood right. about the position I was in and why I was there. Um, so I would go to the gym every day. I remember I, first thing I would knock out, I would knock out a workout. My strength coach was the man. He was like my best friend when I left. Mm-hmm. Um, and I would knock that out. I would hit my classes. Um, we'd have uh, either individuals with our goalie coach kevin anderson which we'd have or we'd have a shoot around like a shoot like it would be goalies and attacks um and we'd go take our shots and then we'd go to study hall and then i'd see my tutor and then i'd go to bed and repeat rinse and repeat that was like my whole off-season routine right so it was pretty pretty like i said routine regiment i kind of kept myself busy so i didn't let like negativity and like that cancer spread mm-hmm. you know what i'm saying right and it right. kind of helped it helped me stay focused for the three years i didn't play right right yeah so i'm trying to think of how to ask this question but that's a really important thing that you mentioned you know you 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 recognized at you know pretty young i guess you were 18 at this time you recognized that you know you don't want to be a cancer on the team you don't want to bring any negativity to this team um I guess sort of, you know, how did you as a goalie, you said you were a, you were a top recruit. How did you as a goalie, you know, outside of, you know, going to the weight room and getting that frustration out, how did you make sure that you don't bring that to the team, that you don't pass that on to other players? Because that's a really important thing that uh, I think players need to learn, especially goalies. Yeah, so like once I realized like the guy Joey Camp was really good. I mean, he's obviously all-American caliber goalie and, and he was there in front of me and we were best friends. And once I kind of realized one goalie plays, once you actually wrap your mind around the logistics of the position, which is like, listen, man, one guy plays. So it doesn't matter if the guy's a little bit, it doesn't matter if he's a little bit better than you, mm-hmm. he's still better than you and he'll play. Right. So, um, so once I wrapped my mind around that, which took a little bit of growing up, but I did that. And I, I actually knew early on that I was really, I had a voice, which was just because of my personality when I was little and whatnot. But I've always been kind of like a charismatic guy, a, a good locker room guy. Um, so once I kind of found that I had a leadership role, which I was really early, I, I was, uh, I, I really took pride in diving all into leadership. So I was the, 
captain of my freshman class, captain of my sophomore class. Then I was just the captain of the team the rest mm-hmm. of the go. Right. Um, and once I found that, I really took pride in that. And where most guys probably would be like, you know, I don't really care about this, but I, I took pride in being a captain. I know it sounds like, like, you know, being a hero, but no, I took pride in that because I wasn't doing anything else at the time. So I wasn't right. playing much. Right. So I really took pride in starting these little groups of, uh, you know, I started with one guy that would do extra work with me in the weight room. And by the end of my career, I had 20 guys staying extra in my group. So right, right. Uh, just little things like that, that we, we always say you could be a cancer and weigh the shit down, or you could, you could be like a spark and bring people up. And I just wanted to always try to keep, cause I've watched guys come in that were like five-star recruits mm-hmm. and I've watched them like do the wrong things and they bring like five right. guys down with them. Absolutely. You know what I mean? Absolutely. Yeah, no, I mean, it, it makes it makes total sense. I think, uh, I mean, the way that I'm hearing it is basically, you know, you realized, uh, you know, you, you realize, hey, listen, you know, I, I'm in a position where I might not play, but I'm still going to figure out a way to contribute positively to this team. Is that right? Right, right. right. That's right. Yeah. yeah, that's awesome. That's awesome. Um, yeah. So, yeah. you know, one question, one question that I got from you, and, and this is a this is a broad question, but, you know, when I when I watch you in goal, one thing that uh, that sticks out is you do have, um, you know, you have a lot of poise in goal. Um, you know, sort of how, how did you, how did you develop that? Like, where does that come from? Does that just come from years of experience or was, was it anything else? I think I've always, (laughs) I think I've always been a little bit like on the animated side, but, Mm -hmm. um, but the poise of like, the one lesson I learned when I was like a youth goalie is my coach. I would always get like really, really frustrated when I was little, like seven or eight. And I remember I would like slam my shaft. Like every little kid doesn't like break a stick, dent a right. stick. And I was like, just throw it, just throwing an absolute tantrum. And I remember my coach was like, Hey man, just like, do me a favor. Like if you feel yourself not playing well and you give up a couple goals, just breathe in through your nose, like close your eyes when the ball's on the offensive end, take a deep breath in through your nose and out through your mouth three times, like three big, nice deep breaths. And like, that was something that I always was like, if I gave up like a three goal run or a four goal run, I would always like let the ball go to the other side. And I carried that through college and I carry it in the pros, just like kind of center yourself and just like be like, just be present because that cliche of like, you make the next save, you win the game. Now that I'm 31 years old and I'm still playing, that's actually like a thousand percent true because Nobody remembers the 16 saves I had in the national championship. They remember CJ Costabile scoring in overtime and the goal being me raking the ball out of the net. You know what right. I mean? Right. Right. Absolutely. So you got to just, you know what I mean? So like the last save, if I make that save and I only had four saves in the whole game. Right. I don't think anybody really remembers that, you know? So it's all about your next play. And I just think most young goalies just need to really, really take that into consideration. Right, right, yeah. You know, I mean, I've I've mentioned this a bunch of times on the show, but uh, it, it all stuff like that always reminds me of my freshman year, Coach Van. Uh, you know, there was, you know, I was a freshman. You make a mistake, you feel really bad about it. You know, you get down on yourself, and I just remember, I remember Coach Van just sort of pulling me aside and being like, "Nobody's gonna remember that mistake when you do a good play, when you have a good play, the next play, right." Yeah, and that no, just it just yeah, yeah it, it just it made me feel so much more relaxed and and around that time I you know I, I the same thing with you I I was I sort of realized like all right that was a bad play 
Let me take a breath and then I'll get the next one. Once you realize that things become so much easier. Um, so, so yeah, so I want to, uh, jump ahead a little bit and and talk a little bit about, uh, your training today. Um, so how do you, how do you work on your game today now that you're in the MLO? You know, I mean, you don't, you don't always get a chance to work with your team all the time. What does your training routine look like today? Um, well now I've kind of carved out a niche as far as like what I'm, (laughs) what I'm doing for my lifting stuff. I'm kind of known to be the big guy. Um, and so I've kind of had to keep with this. Like I, I enjoy lifting heavy and I enjoy my off seasons packing on mass, but I also, you know, I've studied the thing. So I know like functionality and what I need to do, but I play, I play better law. I play better when I'm big. And mm-hmm. like, I know guys like Nico Amato who played heavy in college and um, have lost a lot of weight and they play really fit now. And he's like a different goalie now, but he's tailored a new game for the pros. And, you know, you played in the league. It's, it's, some guys could kind of reinvent their game and some guys kind of just go back and go to what works or what works for them. Right. I've always been a big goalie, big style. So I've kind of kept my workouts almost, you know, deadlifts, squat, bench, like the big three mm-hmm. are huge. It, it, that, that's not, it's like a, almost like a football style for me. Um, but I play the position with that kind of demand. I feel like I play a physical brand. I, I'm hitting people at GLE. Um, Mm-hmm. And I'm getting, I'm getting studded with the ball, man. I'm not, you know, like Jesse Schwartzman told me the best advice. He's like, listen, we're big guys. We're going to get hit with the ball, you know? Right. <laughs> and in the MLL, you know, it's, you're getting hit with the ball a lot harder velocity. So you got to kind of <laughs> yeah. have that dexterity and that mass. So the, the, the muscle mass for me is something I try to put on because mm-hmm. when I get hit in the chest protector and I get hit in the arm and the bicep, I'm good. You know, I'm protected. Right. right. And, and and what do you do as a goalie to sort of uh, I guess the uh, the best way to put this would be how, how do you how, how do you keep those calluses going you know all year long right you know so for example I remember when uh, the MLL when uh, you know I played I played attack in college for four years you play the cross pretty much every day so I had I had calluses on my forearms where I basically I didn't even need arm pads right I would imagine there's something similar. Um, you know, with the goalie position is, you know, you're getting hit with the ball. You're basically toughening yourself up. You know, you're used to it. But with the MLL, you know, you play over the summer and then you take, you know, seven, eight months off. Um, yeah, yeah. You know, so what do you do sort of to, to, to keep up with that? You know, do you, do you have somebody that, that shoots on you? Is there other things that you do? Yeah, so I mean, being close, like obviously moving to Baltimore was a huge upgrade for me, I think, because – you know, I was by my buddies. I'm good friends with like, you know, Paul Rabel and those guys and everyone kind of lives in like Canton in the city. So for me, it was a lot easier at the time to say, Hey, you want to go shoot? When I was living in Milwaukee and I was living in Minnesota playing with the Minnesota swarm, like you really can't go outside. It's freezing cold and there's nowhere to shoot really. So, um, I think bringing myself back into a lacrosse hotbed almost. And then my work allows me to train, Mm-hmm. So my personal training and training and fitness, so it keeps me in shorts and a t-shirt. So I'm, I'm getting my lift in either way where I, some guys have to you know, sit behind a desk or, you know, do, you know, go to their bank job or something like I'm, I'm able to stay kind of relatively in the game all year round. If that makes right. sense. Yeah, absolutely. You know, so whether I'm coaching practice or I'm coaching Calvert Hall or where I'm always thinking about lacrosse in some way, or, and I'm doing lessons 40s a week still and, Mm-hmm. Yeah, my sticks in my hands, you know, so it's, right. 
and reinforcing my goalie steps and my movements. I, I don't know. It's hard to explain. I, I couldn't see myself still playing if I wasn't, you know, doing, doing my camps full time. And, you know, I'm, I'm showing, I'm practicing what I preach. So right. it's like, it's a lot easier for my muscle memory, which is a huge part of playing goalie. Right. Gotcha. Gotcha. So, uh, <clears throat> you know, so, you know, let's say you call up a friend, you say, Hey, let's go shoot. What does that workout look like for you? Uh, uh, can you, can you walk us through that routine? Yeah. Yeah. So for me, like, as I've gotten older, I'm like, listen, man, I'm not going out there. You're not going to sit, you're not going to sit 10 yards in front of me and just wail the ball as hard as you can at me. Because realistically, I will never see a hands free step down maybe once or twice a game right. with a nice skip pass. So I, I, I focus on game time shots. So listen, if my buddy wants to shoot on a goalie, he's going to dodge two or three steps hard down the alley and shoot the ball. Mm-hmm. And that's important for me because like, that's realistic. And right. I'll, I'll, I'll take a shot in a game like that. But if you would just want to go out there and just shoot 10 yards dead center at the dot and just get all your hips and get all your power into it, I just don't think there's a, a, a usefulness for a young goalie or an old goalie to do that. Right. You know, for me, the only use of that is like Paul breaking my thumb if I go out there. <laughs> and, and, you know, that's like I'm out for the season. So, yeah, right. Um, so rather than that, you know what, maybe realistically he's going to shoot 85% on the run. That's what he shoots. So mm-hmm. um, we'll, we'll practice that. We'll do 10 down the left alley, 10 down the right alley, take a little breather. And then at the end, it's kind of a give and take. So, like I'll take those kind of shots and then I'll say, all right, you want to let go, you know, you want to really like catch and shoot, you know, from that top right hash or top left hash step down, I'll give you 10 of each spot. So we kind of get our reps, but it's definitely, uh, goalies need to, young goalies especially, I tend to be the voice for these guys when I do my camps, like put a stick here, back them up to 12 yards, but like they need to have a standard. Like you can't just be a, a passive guy in the cage that is a target, you know? Mm-hmm. What, what do you mean by that? They, they need to have a standard. Because if you go to a youth practice today, if you go to a club practice and I've done it many times, just sat there, they literally just put goalies in the cage and say, all right, this is your job. Your job, your job is to be a goalie. So your job is to get hit with the ball necessarily that's not true because no one else in the field would do that so it's like you know what yeah it's his job but let's make sure we're not doing hands-free shooting with no defender in front of him from like eight yards so i think the goalie needs to be able to be like hey coach listen i tell all my young goalies this i don't say talk back to your coach i say hey take your coach and say coach would you mind having those guys back up two yards if you feel uncomfortable Mm -hmm. right Right. And, and i think that goes a long way for a young goalie because they're so scared and they create bad habits in that time because they flinch and they crouch and they just get shelled. It's called shell shock. Like they get like shelled. Right, right. No, that makes a lot of sense. I mean, that's just like uh, if if the defense was just going to wail on my arms for thirty minutes. Right? <laughs> yeah, right, right, <laughs> right, right. Yeah. If you let Nikki, if you let Nikki just go out there and throw everything at you for, you know. Right. 30 minutes a day it would be how, how much use would you get out of that right <laughs> yeah I, w- I wouldn't be playing the sport anymore yeah. <laughs> yeah. uh cool so you know what so let's uh let's talk a little bit about um you know uh, i have some questions for you that maybe you know this might help out younger goalies um you know so first and foremost when uh you know when young kids are growing up you know obviously they're looking they're looking at the you they're looking at you they're looking uh you know they're watching goalies in the mll or in college um, what do you recommend young goalies look for when they're watching film uh, of a college uh, of a college or pro goalie? What are the things that they that they that they should watch for? What are the things that they should try to ignore? 
Yeah, so that's like a really hard skill that I, I probably learned more so at Notre Dame the most mm-hmm. when I had that time to reflect a little bit. Right. Um, is I learned how to watch film. I, for, for the longest time, I would watch the guy shoot the ball and and kind of catch the end of my save or the goal against. But I wasn't right. watch. I was watching the game as a fan. Hmm. And I, once I started to realize, like, I got to watch myself. Like when the ball's on the other side of the field, I started watching my movement or watching my body language. Um, if I went up a goal and the ball went on the other side of the field, I wanted to look at my body language to see if I was kind of showing like this negative slouch or little things like that. I started picking up on myself. Um, that kind of helped me because that's the first thing coaches will look for as, as a young goalie is your body language. Um, right. and, and to see how you react in bad situations. But as far as like shooting and stuff, I, I would always try to watch obviously the hand, the handed, uh, the hands of the shooters. So the top players that we had our scout on, I'd say, all right, I got to make sure this guy is what coach says. Is he really better left and right? Or is he pretty good with his left? Mm-hmm. Or, you know, does he shoot the ball better with the offhand? Um, does he like to go low to high? Does he like to go high to low? Um, so on the run, I, I picked up on things like a lot of guys like to shoot across their body on the run, for right. instance, and across their body turns out to be across my body. So I would actually tend to cheat to that back pipe um, on shots down the alley through my film study. Right. Gotcha. Um, which helped me out. Yeah. It helped mm-hmm. me out a lot. Gotcha. And then, so, uh, you know, so for those, for those goalies who are looking at other goalies, um, you know, so young kids say that are watching you watching film of you, what, what should they be looking for? What sort of habits uh, that you have as a professional goalie that they should maybe try to mimic? I think, I think I try to really get better at, and I think it's, it's, it's something you can learn from is when I talk and I project my voice. Mm-hmm. So when I try to use my big boy voice, I call it, and I'm, <laughs> and I'm, I'm directing, right? right? I try to be like a director out there, like a general, I, a lot of young goalies, when they project their voice, they drop their hands to their hips because they're trying to shout. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and right away, once you drop your hands as a goalie, you're in, you know, you're dead. Right. So, um, when I talk, I try to tell my goalies to watch me when I talk. My, my, my thumb and my eye uh, are always staying the same level. So meaning my top hand and my eye are mm. always, I can see it. So mm. if I could talk and be really loud and still show inflection in my voice without dropping my hands, um, that's something that took so much time mm. to like do without, without like dropping my hands that right. it, it just it finally stuck. Right. So right. I just tell them to watch that. Gotcha. Makes sense. Makes sense. Um, so, you know, you mentioned early in, or earlier in the show that, uh, you know, you basically, you jumped right into being goalie in lacrosse. Um, you know, for your goalies today, do you, do you recommend that maybe they try different positions or would you say, you know, if they know they're going to be a goalie or they want to be a goalie that they should just dive into it? Um, like I said, I, Listen, I'm not. I would lie to you if I said I don't. I didn't dream about playing attack. I mean, I dreamed about scoring that winning goal. You know, right. yeah. I, I, I always, I don't, I always envy you. I always envied you guys because you guys got the freaking glory. You know, <laughs> so I would sit there and go, you know, three, two, one, and shoot the ball. Like I would want to score goals too. But at, at the end of the day, the traits I had were obviously the communication aspect. I had uh, the ability to lead, which people just somehow kind of when they played with me, they kind of just listened. Right. And that, like when I was young, that started. So I kind of picked up on that early that, you know what? I think this like little bit of a, I call it being the quarterback. I kind of have this quarterback trait um, 
where guys kind of gravitate to it. So a goalie was definitely the, for me, it was the best spot because it allowed me to do my thing. And I didn't step on anyone else's toes because there's only one goalie out there. Right. Right. You know, just in the pipes, you know? Right. Right. So, uh, you know, again, for, for the young goalies that are maybe looking to get recruited, uh, you know, as you mentioned, it's an, it's an incredibly competitive position. What's the best way in your mind for goalies to differentiate themselves for college recruiting? So, yeah, we, we touched on it earlier. I, listen, the communication step one, when I was, when I was coaching at Towson university and I was coaching at uh, Marquette university, I was working with the goalies and he would tell me to go to watch kids at these showcases and right away if the kid let up a goal and he slammed his stick or he started yelling at his defense and I was like, you're out, this kid's done. He's, he's off right. my, my list. Right. Um, and that's a huge component because you know, and I know the game's a lot faster now than even when we played, mm-hmm. um, they're going to score goals, man. Like ACC lacrosse is no joke. So, right. you know, if you're a goalie and you're getting mad over one or two, I think that's important. So right away, body language and, and what you're showing, um, what you're projecting on the field, mm-hmm. um, you know, a goalie should project a strong, um, very strong, very, you know, team, but like power, like powerful, you know, mm-hmm. almost like you're poised, but, but they listen and, and you show that strength. Like when they look behind you, you should, they should say, Oh, he's got it. That's our guy. You know, right. right. Uh, that and the, the communication to get recruited. Those are two things that take really zero effort right away. Mm-hmm. Um, you don't need any skill, no God given skill to go communicate, be loud and detailed. And you don't need any, um, any skill to go out there and not be a, a punk after a goal is let up, you know? Right. Right. Um, Absolutely. But besides that, I, I say, you know, the ability to make the easy saves, which are, we call the easy saves, the 12 to 13 yard saves, mm-hmm. you know, those, those are the saves that you, sh- how we broke it down is the, sh- the saves you should make the saves you could make and the saves you stole. Right. right. So that's how we, that's how we broke it down at Notre Dame. Um, yeah. And he would say, he would say, Scotty, if you, if you make two saves that you shouldn't have made, if you steal two a game, mm-hmm. that's two momentum goals for us, guaranteed. But right. if, you let in three, if you let in three should have saves from like 13 to 15 yards, high to high, or stick side high, um, you know, we're not going to be in a good position to win the game. Right. So, so I always made sure the should have saves were my main focus. The could have saves eight to seven yards, you know, those are tough, but you, you, you probably could make them. So you you want to you want to stand out in the sense that you're consistent, and you make those 13 to 12 yard saves consistently. And I right. think you'll get a good look. Right. Absolutely. Absolutely. So uh, so let's talk a little bit about uh, you know a, a typical pregame routine. So let's say that there's a game on Saturday. Uh, you know what does your week look like? It's Monday. What, what does your week look like? For like a pregame. Yeah, so uh, you know you're you're prepping for the Saturday game during the week. Yep. What, uh, what what are you doing? What are you doing during that week up to Saturday? So usually I'll try to try to take you know at this age it takes me about so Monday Monday I'll take off and I'll just go recovery workout and I'll watch the game of of, of the last game that we played. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'll put that game to rest usually. You know whether it be win, loss, good, bad performance, I'll watch that on Monday take my notes, meaning, you know, what could I improve on here? What could I've done better? Blah, blah, blah. But then Tuesday I turn that page and everything's towards the next opponent. So 
I usually start well, just watch the game. Like I just said, like not, not like watch their players on offense only. I'll just watch that team play mm-hmm. and uh, be a fan there and just kind of get a sense of them. And then by Thursday, I'm usually, all right, number nine, got a left, you know, lefty cannon. I'm just like replaying that clip. Um, right. And that's like Thursday. Cause I like, I like, I'm a guy that needs that to be fresh on my mind before the game. Like I used to study mm-hmm. before, <laughs> I used to study before tests last minute. You know what I mean? Like right, I'm that right. kind of a guy. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, I need that to be fresh. So I'm uh I like to get that as close. And, and even before the night before games, mm-hmm. so, uh, our defensive coach in Ohio for years, Nat St. Laurent, he would send me clips personally because he knows I'm so neurotic. He would send me all the shots and all the clip shots from those guys <laughs> the night before the game, the night before the game, because he knows I would just want to see it just so the right. game it's, it's there. Gotcha. So, so, uh, so when you are looking at that film, let's, you know, that, uh, let's say it's, um, you know, it's Wednesday when you start looking at the team that you're going to play, uh, and you said you're just watching the game as a fan. Um, what are some of the things that stand out for you? What, what exactly are you looking for? What are you trying to remember from those films? If I'm just watching that first game on like the Tuesday, I'm honestly just trying to see like how the team plays like a style. So for me, it helps a lot to know how fast the team's going to play because when, especially when I was at Notre Dame, um, less so in the pros because the pros is like, we have a 60 second shot clock. So they're coming either way. Mm-hmm. But in, in college, uh, now they have the shot clock, but in, in the past, I mean, you could teams would either play it, they play slow and they wait for like the second or third time around. And you could pick that up through watching the game. All right. This team's going to initiate the dodge on this second, on this second time it gets through X. Um, and just picking up on those little cues because in the game, if you can kind of call out the offensive set before they mm-hmm. kind of know or before they say it, they get kind of freaked out a little bit. Right. So, right. you know, you know, you know, you're the quarterback, you know. Yeah, so, I, I mean, wouldn't like that. Yeah. <laughs> if you're calling out your plays and, and, and I'm going, all right, second time around, number nine, dodging down the alley, you'll be like, oh my God. And that's the kind right. of stuff I would do. Gotcha. Um, and just try to play these like mental games where it's like cat and mouse, right? Right, like who right. Could, who could get under each other's skin more? And I think those little games add up to like, you know, listen, you guys have the edge the whole game. If a goalie can be really prepared, it's it's, it's lights out. Right, for sure. I, I like that. I like that. Um, so, you know, I, I guess maybe let's go back one day till uh, to Monday when you're watching yourself. Um, what are the things that you're looking at that you're trying to, uh, you know, you're trying to notice about yourself? Um, you know, so that you can improve from game film. There's actually a lot of mental, there's a lot of mental stuff you could get through. So for me, listen, you're not going to change. If your weakness is stick side low or off stick low, you know, that Saturday, and I have a game mm-hmm. coming up this Thursday or this Saturday, there's no possible way realistically you're going to change that, that weakness in a, in a week. Right. But, but there is ways you could get yourself in a better situation to not see that shot. So for me, if someone was picking on me and maybe getting that shot too much down the left alley to my right foot, um, you know, I would have my defense, you know, that's something I could change. Meaning Mm -hmm. I could have my D middies pick them up at a different location. I could have them force them a different way. Um, And that's something I would see through film. And and we learned that at Notre Dame through, you know, a great defensive coach and and Jerry Byrne Mm -hmm. and the, the importance of like getting guys where you want them to go. You know, letting right. them think they letting them think they won the battle 
but actually we wanted you to dodge there. So everything works better this way. Right. So that's something that we, that I kind of took from, from those, those Monday film sessions is like, all right, what can I do different in my communication to maybe change the result here? Because I know I'm not going to be able to just to get quicker hands in a week. Right. But you know, but you know what? I might be able to change that shot a little bit where it's not exactly that same shot and I can have an opportunity to make the save. Right. Gotcha. No, it makes, it makes a lot of sense. Um, so, you know, so now it's, now it's Saturday. What is a typical game day like for you? Any, any superstitions? What's your pregame meal? What's your routine? <laughs> Pre-game nap, always. Yeah. Uh, we play, you know, we play we play at night, so we, we usually get that nap in the day, long nap. Um, I've had the same roommate on the road for about eight years, which I've been blessed to have. So he's been my high school room, my high school teammate and my best friend. Um, so that makes life easier as far as our routine. But we usually try to get our meals in. Um, I don't eat three hours prior to the game. A lot of guys eat PB&J and, you know, bananas and stuff. I don't – I'm kind of a guy that likes to play – I don't, how do I say it? I like to play light. Right. right. Uh, almost to a point where I'm already big, right? So any mm-hmm. edge I feel, if, like, for instance, if if my pads are a little clunky, like, I'll cut that pad out because I, in my head that whole game, like, I might not be slower physically, but I'm a weird goalie, and You'll be, yeah. I, I'll think I'm going to be slower across my chest. <laughs> right, so, right. So for me, those little tweaks, um, just being comfortable before the game as far as, being light as possible for me, obviously. Um, I take some pre-workout, take a little pre-workout, stay focused. Um, and uh, obviously I just try to, I try to go over that shoot. I always had that little, I have like a little, like almost like a post-it mm-hmm. with like a, it's like a cheat sheet for me of all the shooters. Like I'm, I'm like neurotic with that. Like hmm. number, hand, where he likes to shoot the ball, like high to high, low to high. Yeah, you know, right. I, I put that. I, those are like my little posts that I keep in my locker. Mm-hmm. Gotcha. Um, that's it. Gotcha. Gotcha. Um, well, listen, Scott, this was this was a lot of fun to talk. I really appreciate you taking the time. But, but before I let you go, uh, there's one question I've asked everybody who's been on the show. What are what are three things that everyone should be doing every day to get better at whatever it is they do? It doesn't have to just be lacrosse. Three things to get better every day. Uh, I'd say every day I'm trying to every day I'm trying to get one weakness better than I have, mm-hmm. and I have tons of weaknesses. So I, one day I try to get one thing, one percent better, mm-hmm. um, whether it be in my physical conditioning, mentally. Uh, for me, I started reading, I started picking up a book a little more than I usually have. So mm-hmm. I just think something that something that takes you out of your comfort zone. For one, two, act, uh, a random act of kindness. Um, is mm-hmm. something that, that goes a long way. You never know who you're going to meet and where you're going to meet them down the road. Right. And, and, and three is always introduce yourself with, it would always introduce yourself by your first name and look somebody in the eye. I think that's the biggest thing for a recruit, um, or anything in life, any job interview, look them right in the eye and say their name and say your name right. and you'll always be, uh, always have a fair shot. That's awesome. Uh, Scott, like I said, thanks a lot for coming on. I really appreciate you taking the time. This was great. You're the man, man. Thanks for having me. Thanks for listening to today's episode of the Game Changer Lacrosse Podcast. I'm your host, Joe Uvoli. You can follow me on Twitter at Joe Uvoli. 
You can find more episodes of the Game Changer Lacrosse podcast on this season at thisseason.gc.com. If you like the podcast, please take a second to give it a positive review on iTunes. This helps more people find the podcast. Be sure to follow us on Twitter at GC Sports. And if you're a coach, a parent, or you run a travel or club team, check out Game Changer Team Manager in the App Store. It's an essential, all-in-one scheduling and communication app for lacrosse coaches and parents. Game Changer Team Manager is free, it's easy to use, and it doesn't serve ads. Learn more at gc.com forward slash team manager. Until next time, keep working and keep getting better.